Good morning from the newsroom of the Financial Times. Today is Friday, January 4th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Today, we'll be looking at why markets expect the Federal Reserve to pause the pace of future interest rate rises, what Bristol-Myers Squibb's $90 billion takeover of Celgene means for pharma M&A this year, and a genetic breakthrough in plant production. Then, the FT's Michael Peel will tell us why EU officials want to toughen scrutiny of Chinese technology companies. I'm Amy Keene, and here's the news you need to start your day. I'm Robin Wigglesworth. I'm the U.S. Markets Editor at the Financial Times. On Thursday, global markets fell even lower as Apple's revenue warning really spooked investors who are already on edge about where the global economy is heading in 2019. The fact that Apple, the biggest company in the world at one point, saying that China's slowdown is even sharper than expected is something that has frayed and already frazzled nerves on Wall Street. The big fear is how healthy is the global economy and what does that mean for corporate profits? The U.S. stock market especially has been on a tear since the financial crisis and now the worry after a very tumultuous December and a pretty rocky start to 2019 that the big long bull run since 2009 is now finally at an end. Another concern is the trade war and how that will weigh on China, on the U.S. and global economic conditions. The U.S. government shutdown is exacerbating concerns at a very sensitive time for markets as well. One of the most notable developments over the past two days has been the total collapse in expectations of what the Federal Reserve will do in 2019. The Fed has said it will raise rates twice this year. Markets were very skeptical of that and now are starting to pricing that the Fed will actually start cutting rates again at some point this year. U.S. drug maker Bristol-Myers Squibb has struck one of the largest pharmaceutical deals in history. On Thursday, Bristol-Myers Squibb said it would buy the biotech group Celgene for approximately $90 billion, including debt. Together, the companies say they have nine cancer drugs that each generate more than $1 billion in annual sales, along with a large pipeline of treatments in early-stage development with a revenue potential of $15 billion. The deal sets the stage for yet another big year of pharma deal-making. And that's because the top drug makers are all looking for an advantage in the race to find the next blockbuster cancer drug. Analysts say many of these traditional pharmaceuticals will continue to turn to biotechs to replenish those drug pipelines. Shares in Bristol-Myers Squibb closed more than 13 percent lower on Thursday, while Celgene shares closed at more than 20 percent. And U.S. researchers have discovered a genetic breakthrough that could dramatically change the agricultural industry. Scientists at the University of Illinois and the U.S. Agricultural Research Service have been studying a natural fault in the efficiency of photosynthesis. That's the process where plants take energy from sunlight and turn it into chemical energy or food for the plant. But a competing process known as photorespiration tends to consume the energy created by photosynthesis, energy that would otherwise help plants grow. The researchers found that tobacco plants that they genetically engineered to overcome this inefficiency were 40 percent more productive than unaltered plants in what they call real-world agronomic conditions. One expert said the discovery would go a long way to meeting expanding food demands. And here's something you might want to know more about.
This week, the FT reported that the EU is looking to toughen its scrutiny of Chinese technology companies. One company in particular, China's Huawei, has attracted special attention because of its growing dominance in the telecom sector. It's considered the leading candidate to supply 5G mobile technology equipment to many European countries. Our Brussels reporter Michael Peel spoke to European technology correspondent Matamita Murja about the move. And Michael started off by explaining what has EU officials worried. Well, there's a general concern from the US to Japan, including Australia and New Zealand, about the growing role of Huawei and Chinese technology companies. And the question that's being asked in Brussels is that there needs to be a balance here between officials stressing that, you know, there's not going to be a knee-jerk or an unfair reaction against Chinese companies just because they're Chinese, but at the same time, there are valid security questions to be asked and European countries need to be looking at those and perhaps putting in place safeguards as they see fit. And this question has got particular urgency now because of the 5G mobile spectrum auctions that are taking place across Europe and Huawei is one of the leading suppliers of 5G equipment. Why in particular is 5G a major cybersecurity concern? The particular point about 5G is that the technology could be used in all kinds of civic functions such as managing train timetables, managing traffic flows, and also in everyday devices through the so-called Internet of Things. In other words, it will reach very deeply into many aspects of everyday life. And officials here recognise that this is one of the difficulties that they don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. As one official put it, children's toys are not nuclear reactors. In other words, there is this whole potential wide range of uses, some of which are fairly uncontroversial and inconsequential, but some of which do have very serious security elements to them. So is there any actual evidence that Chinese technology companies have used any of their equipment for theft or spying or have been directed by the Chinese government to do so? In other words, do we have reason to be worried? There are no specific cases involving Huawei that people have been publicizing. And of course, the company itself very strongly denies that it works with the Chinese security services. But obviously, the questions that are being asked here relate to both the background of Huawei and the connections of the founder to the People's Liberation Army in China, and also other incidents such as just before Christmas, a US cybersecurity company revealed what it said was a long-lasting and very wide-ranging hack of EU diplomatic cables by a group linked to the People's Liberation Army. And the claim was that they'd got in this hacking group through the Cypriot Foreign Ministry and from there had access to all kinds of EU diplomatic communications. Now from what has been publicised it was more sort of embarrassing that it came out but it did highlight the security concerns that very much hover over the EU's data networks and it also highlighted the point that you have this network of at the moment 28 countries which is really only as strong as its weakest link. And do we know how Chinese officials and company executives particularly Huawei, for example, have reacted to this news? 
Well, Huawei itself denies that it's acting under the orders or sharing information with the Chinese intelligence services. It says it's working as a private company and should be considered as any other private company is in the work that it does. And I think Chinese officials themselves, publicly the foreign ministry, has attacked the hostility that's been shown by some Western governments to Huawei, saying that it's unjustified, and again making a similar argument that this is Chinese companies being singled out in a way that Western companies aren't. And I think that there's also perhaps sort of in private a feeling on the Chinese side that the business case will win through. And so I think that they are perhaps optimistic that that will be the trump card in the end. Now, of course, there are voices in the security apparatus of Western countries which are much more hawkish than that. And really the tussle will be between those interests and the kind of business case that Huawei is laying out now. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back next week for the latest business news. The FT News Briefing is produced by Eric Krepke, Fiona Simon, and me, Amy Keene. Our editor is Amelia Mahasik, and Robert Shrimsley is editorial director for The Financial Times. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024.